What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. Josh Taylor from Network 1901 has invited me to be a part of his serial Gold Blooming. Thank you, Josh, for that. Hey, thank you. Uh, it's super fun. Uh, and on that on that show, he and I discuss Jeff Goldblum's career, his characters, and everything about the man, the myth, and the legend that is Jeff Goldblum. But as we record that serial, which is posted through Network 1901's podcast feed, so if you're not subscribed to them and you like Jeff Goldblum, even if you don't like Jeff Goldblum and you want to hear us talk about him, yeah, you sh- why not, right? Sure. Go subscribe to uh, Network 1901 and check out their podcast feed because all of these will be on there. Um the thing is, though, we're talking about a bunch of geek movies, as it turns out. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to miss the opportunity to ask Josh how we would dig deeper, how we would hash it out, or in today's podcast, how we could make some of these films and Jeff Goldblum's character as he appears in them better. So that's what we're doing today. Yeah. We're going to yeah. actually try and make this film better, and this film... If hopefully you've listened to the Network 1901 podcast, but if you haven't, you can actually go start there, get caught up with what we're talking about, and then come back to ours. But this week we're talking about The Fly. Yeah. You would you say this is the most classic Jeff Goldblum film? No. I well, I think with an older audience, maybe. Okay. But with a younger audience, and by younger, I don't mean like teens. I definitely right. mean people, people probably 40 and under. Yeah. Would think immediately Jurassic Park. Because that's what I would have thought before watching this. But after watching it, I almost wonder if it is truly his most classic film only because of the level of the role that he has comparative yeah. to. Right. It's a it's his leading role in a film that only has three main characters. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There. Okay. So I do feel like this is for people who were watching horror films in the eighties. So you got to be at least like 40 years of age or older to probably have like really seen this movie when it first came out in 86 and like actually take it in for what it is. Right. I do think those people think the fly is the definitive Jeff Goldblum film. Yeah. And they look at people like us who are like Jurassic Park's great. (laughs) They're like, you're dumb because it's not like he's a side character in Jurassic Park here. He's the main, the main character. So yeah, I would agree with you, but I think it depends on how old you are. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, So thank you guys for listening in. The story geeks podcast is produced by the reclamation society. And this is the story geeks responding to gold blooming. So, Josh, welcome back to the show. We've already hey, been thanks. talking. Can you yeah, inter- introduce yourself? Tell everybody like where you're from, what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Josh Taylor. I run, along with uh, Dale Shannon and Angie, the four of us collectively are Network 1901, which uh, our initial catchphrase was everything under the Disney umbrella, and even our logo is an umbrella with a Disney castle on top of it. And we started out really talking about Disney films, uh, Disney amusement parks, everything Disney, uh, as three podcasts a week and three videos a week on our YouTube page, but it's kind of expanded out over time. We've done more geek culture stuff. Uh, we did a whole series about ready player one. Yep. We've done uh, a whole series about Percy Jackson. We've done, uh, some stuff that was, uh, you know, teetering, on non-Disney, and then, you know, this is my first kind of foray really outside of Disney, which is gold blooming. And then, you know, 
talking maybe about doing more types of series like this in the future with different actors, different directors, but yeah. Uh, podcast three times a week, videos three times a week, tons of content. Yeah. You guys, yeah, you guys pump out content like crazy. I'm very jealous. And Josh is sort of like what I call Josh is the Ira glass of network 1901. Cause each of you has a really distinct personality. I think so. Yeah. And you have like this storytelling, like, like, journalistic storytelling approach you're yeah. very you go after topics but you're also very approachable and listenable and you're not like whenever if you do go after a topic you're you don't you don't ever come off as like uh what what do i want to say like offensive you always yeah, I, you try, always I try reasonable. never to show my bias yeah except for in gold blooming uh <laughs> when it comes to movies i really love and you really hate yeah that's right yeah I, uh, hate is such a strong word do i hate them Maybe I hate him. <laughs> I don't know. I like talking about him. Yeah. I know that much. Um, today, like I said before, we are going to uh, make the fly better, which is going to be like Josh, are, what, you said eight gold blooms out of 10. Eight out of 10 gold blooms on my scale on the show. So this is me taking a great film, trying to make it perfect. Yes. And this is me. I said t- two gold blooms out of 10. <laughs> You're trying to make this film tolerable. <laughs> That's right. And we already talked about this on, on the other show. Just in case you haven't heard that one, it's not my rating is not uh, objective; it's subjective. Meaning right. that I understand that this film has a lot to say that's really cool. I just didn't like it, <laughs> so I can, know that part. And of you it. can point out the fact that people really love this film and that it was critically, you know, uh, well loved. Yeah, for certain reasons, it's just not your love. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, what is your first way? We're going to do each do two ways and then we'll talk and then we'll each choose which one we like better between yeah. the two of us. Okay. Um, the only thing we can't do is we have rules for this show. We cannot recast anybody. anybody? Sure. So it's, it's gotta be like more of a story change as opposed to like a, uh, uh, actor director change. Yeah. So what do you think? What's your first way of making the fly better? So I hinted about this on gold blooming and the first thing that I would do because the first 15 minutes of the film is when uh, Veronica, played by Gina Davis, and Seth, played by Jeff Goldblum, meet, start dating, fall in love. It's it's like up, but you don't really <laughs> believe in their love as much as you'd like to. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wish, because the rest of the film is a tragic love story, but you really have to like believe hard in their love to be able to buy into the love story. So I do wish that like, instead of seeing them just starting to go on a date, just meeting, I do wish that there would have been an established relationship previous to the film starting. Cause I do like how it starts abruptly Mm. and gets you right into the story. So I don't want to like build on a huge love story for a half an hour. Yeah. I would love to just know that these two people really love each other and then 10 minutes into the film stuff goes down, you know, <laughs> right, and then, you, and now you're on this trajectory towards a broken relationship. Yeah, that's good. I think yeah. that really, that'd be a really, really positive change. Uh, my first one is to actually introduce the element of the pregnancy earlier. Okay. Because I think that that can play out with more intensity in that if we experience it, it plays out as a third act reveal that propels us towards the ending and the resolution of the story. But it it comes off as more of a 
terrible thing that happened as opposed to a as opposed to an element wherein we have resolution coming because there is no resolution that comes from no that. yeah it they introduce it as like a heightened struggle exactly but you're saying that that heightened struggle should have come earlier to hopefully show the resolution because it doesn't show a resolution. Well, I don't yet. know if we, I don't know if we need uh, so so for 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 the context into the movie, they don't tell us what she finally chooses to do. She's in the process of getting an abortion because she believes that the that because Jeff Goldblum has already turned into fly creature man that this baby will also be the same. Exactly. And, and she has a nightmare about it that shows you in graphic detail <laughs> <laughs> what right. could happen. Exactly. And so I think that uh, we don't, that you, you hit the nail on the head. It, that serves to heighten the tension for what will then occur for the actual resolution to this particular story. To me, it feels a little bit like uh, more of a reason to give her to be afraid but it doesn't actually help with the resolution particularly itself. So I'm not sure why it appears in that context. Thematically, it's fantastic. Like we talked about on the, on, on the Network 1901 show, uh, Gold Blooming. Thematically, it's fantastic. It's the where it occurs. I would like to have sat with that decision and sat with her trying to make that decision for longer Sure. Um, she does do an amazing job of acting, like we talked about, about this situation that's occurred. But it feels like it was thrown in last minute as a as another horror element to make us more terrified, as as a, as opposed to a story element that we would have to deal with. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Well, okay. So here's an here's an idea. Maybe this is yeah. my second one. Okay. Is to take away the pregnancy idea altogether mm. because I think this film at its core is a tragic love story where she's watching someone who's diseased and cannot help him. Yes. It then, once you introduce the pregnancy, it's no longer about her helping him. Yeah. It's about her own self-reflection. Yes. And I don't think like everybody can have kind of a story arc, Yeah. but like, I don't think that she needs the self-reflection. I feel like the focus of the story should be very much on, I wish I could help you. I don't know how, and I can't, and I'm going to watch you crumble Mm. and fall and die. Yeah. And like, that is, you know, super sad in and of itself. And so you don't really need an extra sadness to go with it. (laughs) Right. So I think like even taking away that story element and, instead of spending that five to 10 minutes that they do within the film on that, maybe showcasing her inner struggle on how she is, you know, trying to like go, she goes to a library maybe and tries to like Mm. find something that would help cure him or like trying, you know, to go to different people to see like, um, what they could do or, or trying to go through the computer to try and fix it so that, that she could like, un-gene splice together <laughs> him and this fly, you know, like that would maybe be more interesting yeah. as opposed to trying to just add too many elements to the story to where you can't resolve all of them by the end. 
Yeah, that actually leads really well into my second one. Cool. Because my second one is to make Gina Davis more of a hero. Yeah. Uh, like, I want someone to root for in this film, and we're sort of rooting for Gina Davis, but if we're being fair, she basically serves as the terrified damsel in distress. Totally. Who, as opposed to anything that anybody that does anything meaningful. And, like, it's... I think this is a is a testament to older films and that the female character isn't overly empowered. We want to give her the fake idea of being empowered, right? She's a top-tier journalist. Right. She has journalistic integrity. Right. She um the the magazine that she works for can't survive without her. Yeah. But when it comes down to anything else, she is powerless. She allows the other two characters, the other two male characters in the film, to dominate her. Right. Instead of her branching out as her own individual. Yep. And even at the end of the film, has to be saved by one of the two men in the film. And so that, yeah, you could definitely say that Gina Davis could be the empowered female that helps rescue, you know, uh, our other hero turned villain right. and turn him back into a hero or whatever the case may be uh, or not because it's tragedy, but at least try and she doesn't. Yeah. And, and, but, but it is almost a testament to what most people would do in real life. Like I'm not a doctor and you, you know, the person I love has a chronic disease. Yeah. What do I do? Totally. You know, you just kind of like have to, uh, at some point you just kind of have to like look on and on just be like, I, I don't know how to help you. I'll like be here for you and, and hug you and embrace you and give you emotional support, but I can't fix this. Yes, exactly. So when you said uh, on the previous show that it was sort of an exploration of, you didn't say that specifically about this film, but you indicated that this is kind of it, it has elements of this exploring what it's like to have a, a family member who is terminally ill, but also this element of like STDs and like what it, like there's almost those two elements, right? They're kind of yes. playing off against each other. So I think that you are a hundred percent onto something when you say that if you took away the element of the pregnancy, because really what this film is, when I think about it and I reflect on it, it's a horrific situation wherein Gina Davis's character is helpless yeah to do anything and the problem with that is she isn't given any choices to make she's just reacting the entire time this is this is a little bit a little bit kind of similar to the problem i had with logan where i go the choices he has are too easy for him to make um which i know i get tons of hate for that but I still believe that's true. In this case, she doesn't have any choices to make. Not really. Because even the choice that she is going to make with the abortion is actually taken from her. Yeah. So I feel like when I say like make her more of a hero, like I feel like what I would like to have seen her do is to turn away from the abusive ex-boyfriend and be like, you know what? You really can't help me. Like there's nothing yeah. you can do to help me and strive out on her own and strive out on her own. And, and, and then even to the point where she would re- like reach out to Jeff Goldblum's character as this terminally ill person 
and maybe even have to fight him off and fight him back. But she then turns away and says like, and then when the guy shows up, it's kind of like you, I don't need your help. And then he gets the same thing happens to him. He gets his hands like taken off in acid and everything like that. But she's the one that actually ends up shooting the fly in the end and goes like, there's nothing else I can do here. He's too far gone. Yeah. And then she becomes sort of a hero, almost saving him. Uh, sorry, the ex-boyfriend as opposed to, um, and I think that would give me more to go on and to be rooting for in that sure. scenario. Well, and because we, as the viewer, kind of fill the Gina Davis role. We fill the Veronica role in this film. And so, of course, we want to, in our own lives, fulfill the hero's journey. Exactly. And what better way to have done that than to, like, be the hero within the film, follow the hero, and go, like, yeah, that's what I would have done. Exactly. Yeah. Um, There is a place for that. There's a place for tragedy. There's a place for heroism. Again, for me, this was a near perfect film. This yeah. was an eight out of ten. Right. I do think, though, if you took away the element of the pregnancy, it could change the film drastically. Yeah. And it could empower her more. Um, it just, and I think for me, anyways, adding more of like, this is his wife or this has been his long term girlfriend rather than a person he first met, that would make it like a 10 out of 10 for me. Got it. But I totally believe in what you're saying. Yeah, and I I think, like, too, like, what I'm actually saying would make it a different film. Yes. And and that's kind of the problem, right? Like, I do like this film for what it is, but I subjectively don't like this film. Does that make sense? In In other words, what I'm saying is I want there to be films that are tragic wherein characters don't have choices because there's something very different in the way this film ends versus the way Logan ends. Yes. Logan ends with them saying, don't we all, basically, don't we all agree that Logan was this great hero and we, yeah. it should be respected? And I go, no, he wasn't. He didn't actually do, I mean, maybe before he was, but <laughs> right. he didn't do anything lately. Yeah. But this film doesn't end that way. It no. plays its conclusion out, which is, this sucks. It sucks for everybody involved. Nobody gets to be a hero. Life is tragic. That's actually a better way of playing it out. It's to it plays to real life as a frightening scenario and that sometimes we don't have the power to control things in our lives, right? Yep. And that it's frustrating and it's terrifying, especially when things go badly. But uh, I think what this film could have ended on that would have at least given it that like tone of like things are going to be okay though. Yeah. Is that uh, the Gina Davis character came out on top on her own yeah. and didn't have to deal with a pregnancy or if they opted to actually have that storyline in that she maybe ends up either going and, and having the abortion or that they ended the film with her having the kid and the kid's okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that would have been the feel good moment at the end of the film, right. but it doesn't have that. Exactly. Um, but I don't think films necessarily, you know, like when we were doing the big chill uh, for gold blooming, it's not a film that necessarily has like, it has an ending yeah. and it can be interpreted as a happy ending, right. but it's not necessarily like the hero one <laughs> out, you know, at the end of That's the right. day. Uh, uh, I think it more ties along with Logan where it's like choices were made. Everybody's going to be fine. Right. Everything's going to be fine. Right. You like this. Right. And it's just like, for some, you know, with Logan, for you, like you don't. You're right. like, this isn't, 
right. I don't like this. Don't tell me what I <laughs> what I should like and not like. Right. For this film, where it's just like all these people are in this horrific situation, doesn't this suck? It's like, yeah, it does. And you can't get out of this situation, um, especially Jeff Goldblum. Like Jeff Goldblum, once he realizes that he's turned into this mutant, yeah, and it's not for the better, right? Because yeah. for a while he believes... He's like teleporting himself, like <laughs> keeps on doing it because he's like, I'm just gaining stamina. This is right. great. Um, but like once he realizes that it's not going to go down well, he is burdened with a sickness, much like anybody who has AIDS or, or cancer, like terminal cancer, things like that that you cannot fix. And you just got to kind of live it out. Yeah. And that's frightening. Yes. Uh, and then for her to be the onlooker of going, I don't know how to help you. What? I'm just going to let you die and watch you die is also frightening. There's no real true happy ending there. Right. She's going to lose a love interest. Even if she does have the baby and survives and is happy at the end of it, something tragic is going to happen. Um, I think taking, just taking more and more story elements out of it though, like the pregnancy or like the ex-boyfriend that was also the boss like if it was just her boss yeah or just her ex-boyfriend it would have been fine maybe having those two things is you know it's like too many elements and sure. then the pregnancy there's a lot going on yeah and like our episode is this is the longest episode of gold blooming yeah <laughs> and it's because there's so much to cover if they took a little bit less out sometimes minimalism is great for storytelling absolutely yeah so what's your favorite of my two? So for my, for context, my two were to introduce the element of the pregnancy earlier. Right. And then also, uh, or, to, and or, to make Gina Davis more of a hero. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely go with the hero thing. Cool. I think the pregnancy, I don't mind the pregnancy fitting in where it is, but I actually prefer it if it was gone. Yeah. So your two were remove the pregnancy. Remove the and pregnancy and make their love story, instead of them first meeting, that you would be, you would jump into the film with them have already having like a long lasting yeah. relationship that you know they are very much in love. Yeah. Okay. So I'm. So which one do you choose of mine? You said I would choose her being the hero. Hero being the hero. Yeah. I would choose of yours the relationship having more context. Because as, as the more we talk about this film, despite the fact that I gave it two gold blooms out of ten, and this happens to me frequently as I talk about films and analyze films deeper. I don't want it to actually change much. I want it to exist as it exists. Yeah. But that change where it, we give context to their relationship, it even ramps up the tragedy even yeah. more. Well, it also doesn't, I mean, it's 10 minutes of the beginning of the film, which um, the, the real meat and potatoes of the film happens once. If you've seen the film, then you know, like when they put a baboon yeah. into one of the pods to teleport. Like from that point onward is when like the film kicks it into gear. So anything before that, if you can just give me a little more context, it yep. doesn't feel like it takes away from the latter half of the film. Exactly. And I think they could have done, they could have done some really creative things too. Like maybe they were friends, but not lovers. And for a really long time, he had to deal with the fact that she had this abusive relationship with her boss. Sure. And so then, then, then when he becomes the fly, he's even more resentful of her going back to her ex-boyfriend to, for protection and things like that. It gives us a lot of really cool context for him to continue down this path of destruction. So I like that one a lot. That's really good. Well, thank you, Josh. That is it for today's show. Be sure to check out Gold Blooming, the new serial from Network 1901, hosted by Josh Taylor, with me occasionally pitching in with some 
Oh, crazy no, ideas. I, I, I always tell people you are the co-host. You are you are not secondary. You are. I can't do the show without you. Well, so, I appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, but definitely go check it out because we're having so much fun doing this show, and we'd love for you to be a part of that fun. And we want you to send in what would Jeff Goldblum do scenarios, right? Like that's yep. one of the most popular things about the show so far. It, it is, yeah. And you can just use the hashtag Goldblooming. We'll see it. Absolutely. So go do that. Make sure you do that. Um, links to their channel should be in the show notes. I always forget to put links in the show notes, but yes, I, won't, I won't forget fine. this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then remind people where they can find you. Yeah, uh, network1901.com. Uh, we have three podcasts going out a week and three videos going out a week. Uh, there's a ton of different places that you know the hub will take you to, so it's easy as just go to the hub, network1901.com. It's a pretty easy site to kind of maneuver around once you get the hang of it, but go there. You'll be able to find everything there. Awesome. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a geek friend who also loves Jeff Goldblum or who maybe doesn't love Jeff Goldblum yet, but should share it with them. Yeah, for sure. Who doesn't love Jeff Goldblum? (laughs) I don't know, but they need to change their attitude. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. As always, question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth.